Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and absorb and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you, even with tears, their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. It is, and it is from that, from there, that we are expecting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it will be conformed to the body of his glory, by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, and my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. The word of the Lord. Very excellent reading. So the fundamental question in this scripture portion that Freya just read is this, what gives the Christian community its distinctiveness in relationship to the broader culture? What gives the Christian community, also called the church, Big C, its distinctiveness? Is it how we vote? Is it, <laughs> yeah, that's not a rhetorical question. I think we're really confused in this day and age as to what are the real descriptors, the distinctives of Christian community. So this is a letter to the Philippians who sent from the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi around 62 CE. Uh, about 30 years after Jesus died and rose again and was ascended. And Paul was in prison when he wrote this, which is fun. Uh, fun little fact, he's in prison. So he's writing to the church at Philippi that he founded maybe 10 years before he's reading this letter. Uh, he knew they needed instruction and encouragement as they tried to live in the way of Jesus together in the city of Philippi. So just diving right in, distinctive number one right out of the text there is every Christian community lives out their faith in a particular location and during a particular time. That's distinctive number one. Christian communities don't live out their faith with some abstract set of principles and dogmas. They live in a place and during a time. That's why Paul writes this letter to the Philippians and he starts it in chapter one 
verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. That's why Jesus is called Jesus of Nazareth. He was rooted in a specific location and in a specific time. So the Philippian church was rooted in the city of Philippi. And so this is going to be nerdy history time. Anyone down with nerdy history time for about 30 seconds? Uh, it's in northeastern Greece. And in the first century, its population probably was around 10,000 people situated along a major trade route between Italy and Greece. Philippi was under Roman rule, with Roman citizens living there, Roman administration, and Roman laws, and Roman culture. But the majority of its citizens would have been Greek, and this is really interesting. Very few Jews lived in Philippi, so the church at Philippi was almost entirely Gentile, or Greek, with a diverse mix of religious beliefs prior to become, becoming followers of Jesus. This church was founded by Paul probably around 50 CE, so again, about 10 years before uh, Paul writes this letter. And 10 years is a lot of time together as a community of faith, right? It means they've had easy seasons and hard ones. It means they've tried, failed, and learned a lot together. Maybe they even had to navigate a pandemic together. We're not sure <laughs> in the first century if there was that. And they did it all while living working, going to weddings, buying groceries, having babies, watching loved ones die, and watching the seasons come and go, all in the city of Philippi. There were actual people who lived in an actual place in an actual time. And this is all super important. In this church, we can assume that there were some weird uncles, <laughs> some teenage romances, some political arguments, and as always, lots and lots of Enneagram sixes. So I'll play question number one. All plays are designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the solo. So given all of that, given all of that, living in a Roman culture, lots of Greeks and Gentiles trying to follow in the way of Jesus with lots of background religious motives and mixtures, this church is about 10 or 12 years old, what kinds of instructions and encouragements do you think this Christian community at Philippi needed to hear? What kinds of instructions and encouragements do these weird uncles, teenage romances, young mothers, young fathers, single men and women, kids, what did they need to hear as they lived in Philippi? That they're loved and seen. Yes. Thanks, Kristen. Because remember, the founder is in prison. He's gone. He's not there anymore. And they're making it happen. Someone's preaching. Someone's serving Eucharist. Someone's taking care of babies as they gather. Someone's making the meals. What do they need to hear? That they're going to be okay, Jim. Thank you. Paul is saying, I'm thinking about you. I'm loving you from afar. I get it. Life is hard. Life is good. Life is a mix. And what does he say at the end of the, the scripture reading that Frey read? You're my joy and crown, and I love you. Ah. Oh. Anything else 
Okay, from Jenny Gullickson online. Uh, they need to hear that this is hard work. You're doing a great job. Keep practicing. Yes, I love that. Anything else? You're not alone. Thanks, JC. Anything else? Oh, Laura, it's hard and what? It's hard and messy, but you're going to make it. Sometimes you just need some words of encouragement and instruction when you feel like, what are we doing? Right? You need to be reminded of what the center is and who you are, whose you are, where you're going, that you're not alone, that it is messy, and you just got to keep practicing. So the Christian community was never meant to be a set of theories and ideologies disembodied from space and time, from unique challenges in history. Genesis is rooted in Robbinsdale, right next door to North Minneapolis. So Philippi looked like a place. It had its unique challenges and opportunities in the first century. In 2022, Robbinsdale does too, right? North Minneapolis does too. So what does Robbinsdale look like in 2022? It's different than when this church building was built. What are the needs? What are the opportunities? Who are the people already doing good work here in Robbinsdale that a church rooted in Robbinsdale can look to and learn from and partner with and love and serve? Because Genesis, listen, you guys, is not a list of seven uh, values or a vision statement. It's not who we were. It's where we are and what God is doing now and how can we join God in that work. Amen? That's what it is. We're rooted in Robbinsdale in a specific place and time. Our location should affect who we are, and what we do together. That's why I'm looking at Jim over here. Jim's involved in, and Pam and Matt Leiter and some others involved with Minister Charles Kane and Brothers Empowered and helping to set up these basketball times in the gym and these breakfasts. And we're learning a lot, aren't we? Learning a lot, asking lots of good questions. But the reason why we're involved in that ministry is not because it's the coolest ministry in town or because that's what great churches do. It's because that is where we are. We're rooted here in Robbinsdale, next to North Minneapolis. And so we have to poke up our ears and say, if that is true, and if a church is located in a space and a time, then we have to put our antennas up to ask, what is God doing in this space and time around us? Right? That's distinctive number one. Every Christian community lives out their Christianity in a particular location and during a particular time. It's not a set of ideologies and dogmas to check off. So I'll play question number two. Given what I just said, what instructions or encouragements do you think Genesis needs to hear at this stage in our journey as a church? What encouragements, what instructions at this stage Thanks, Pam. Look up, look out. Yes. What else? 
and online if you want to use, if you're on zoom just use the chat fire away we want to hear from you big time what encouragements what instructions I was hoping we'd get some echoes, right, Jim? You're going to be okay. Laura might say again, hey, it's going to be hard and messy, but it's good, and you're not alone. You're going to make it. Thank you, Laura. Laura just said, and you get to have all the feelings. That's so important, big time. What else? Instructions, encouragements, this stage in our life together. Be available. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Katie. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. You're not going to know. You guys, we we say that all the time, right? Just do the next right thing. (laughs) That's all we need to do. Just do the next right thing. You will get real confused. We will get real confused and real complicated and real complex if you try to figure out, you know, what's your five-year plan? I hate that question, you know? I mean, it's a good question in some ways, you know, planning is good. I'm not saying planning is not good. I'm just saying, really, the the, the most faithful planning is what Katie just said. It's just one step at a time. What's next? Yeah? What's next? Okay, anything else? Uh, We got some online stuff. Jenny Gullickson again. God is here in our midst, delighted with us, regardless of what we are doing. Yes. Yes. Anything else? Everything, thanks Mary, everything that you have learned remains with you. That's a little phrase like transcend and include, you know, like whatever's next, you're bringing everything you've learned with you. Yes, yes, yes. Remember, we're talking about what is the distinctives of a Christian community. Well, number one, it's, it's rooted in a space and a time. So our mission, our vision, our way of being needs to pay attention to where we are and when we are. Distinctive number two, right out of the text. The Christian community needs mentors who live and behave according to the way of Jesus. This is when um, Paul just says it. Uh, Right in verse 17, I think. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. And I love this one. We need mentors to teach us how to do the next right thing. We need people who are going to say, oh, I've been there before. And we need to be learners who are learning how to do the next right thing. (laughs) Amen? We have to never have the posture, the Christian community must must never have the posture that we have got it figured out, nailed down. We need mentors. And he, Paul even kind of gets a little cranky, doesn't he, in the next couple of verses? He goes, join me, imitate me, who live according to the example. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I've often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. So he's passionate about this. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. Ouch. And their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set in earthly things. Now, when he talks about the enemies of the cross of Christ, who is he talking about? Right? Atheists, right? Nope. 
people of different religions, right? Nope. He's talking about Christians who are saying the main thing is Jesus plus how you vote, what you do. You know, the enemies of the cross of Christ are anyone who puts Jesus plus something is who you are really. The, the church is Jesus plus believing the right thing, having the right doctrine, um, performing the right religious acts and services. You might even add, you know, people who combine nationality with Christianity. When you do that, that's being enemies of the cross of Christ, merging those two things, right? Because, and Paul writes earlier in Philippians about what it would mean to reflect the behavior and the way of Jesus. In Philippians 2.8, he writes this, In being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. So the Christian community that is marked by the ways of Jesus and mentors who live according to the ways of Jesus are humble and obedient to Christ. Philippians 3.10, Paul writes this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings. So a mentor that is worthy of following is worthy of following Christ all the way to the cross and whatever that means. So I was, I was thinking in my own life, who are some mentors? And, you know, at first when I was writing this, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now that John Powell um, loaned to me, and it's, it's by Father Gregory Boyle of Homeboy Ministries, and he's so great, you know, and he sort of does all these talks, and he helps gang members leave the life uh, the, in, in the gangs, and he employs them at Homeboy, and it's so great, but he's kind of famous, right? I thought about Harriet Tubman, so great, but famous. So I thought about two people in my life who are mentoring me from afar, and you've never heard of them. Uh, one of them's name is Karen Gonzalez. I met her, uh, I interviewed her on my podcast, I read her first book. She's an immigrant advocate. She lives in Baltimore, Maryland. She wrote a book called The God Who Sees, Immigrants, the Bible, and the Journey to Belong. And she does the hard work of advocating for, for people who, are, who have a tough life and who are immigrating uh, from a really tough place to hopefully a better place. And she's rooted in the Christ. She's this Latinx woman, and I love her. She's amazing. Karen Gonzalez. Look her up online and follow her. Better yet, get her book, The God Who Sees, Immigrants, the Bible, and the Journey to Belong. I'll put that um, later on. I'll put that on the Facebook community page. Another one is a guy named Dan White Jr. And he's a former pastor that got super burned out in the ministry and took that experience and he and his wife moved to Puerto Rico and now they have set up a renewal center for weary and wounded leaders, offering pathways for finding healing in the midst of hard callings. And it is gorgeous. On Facebook, when Dan White Jr. says something, I, he's probably my most um, shared Facebook messages because he just says such wise and insightful things and they're born out of a history of hardship and suffering and he's taken that hardship and suffering and he's turned it into being obedient to his calling of helping wounded leaders heal and that's something we need these days right Oof. we need mentors who live and behave according to the ways of Jesus not mentors who live and behave according to a blending of Jesus plus something else. 
Who are you learning from? It's important to really get that locked down. Who are you learning from? Who is your mentors? Who are your mentors in the way of following Jesus? Are they humble? Are they obedient? We don't like that word, right? That's such a trigger word. But at the end of the day, I want to follow the Jesus that's going to lead me toward freedom and wholeness and healing. And sometimes that means doing (laughs) hard things. Our citizenship is in heaven. So that means our first allegiance is to Christ, not to any political party, not to any nationality, but to Christ. So distinctive one, we're rooted in a place and a time. Distinctive two, we need mentors who live and behave according to the way of Jesus. Distinctive three, the Christian community is marked by humility and is transformed by love. (laughs) I love the sound of babies in the room, don't you? It's just the best sound. I love it. Amen. See, that little baby is saying amen. Uh, okay, he will transform the body of our... Now listen to this. This is because it sounds weird at first. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. That's what Paul is saying to his church at Philippi. Now, when you hear he will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to his glory, like, does that sound, is that triggering for anyone? Like, oh, now here comes the Christian message that I have to feel bad about myself so that God can be good. You know, God gets glorified whenever the saints feel terrible about themselves, right? Amen? I mean, that's right in the Bible, right? God gets glory when we feel terrible. No! Yuck! So let's get some better, yeah, some better understanding. Number one, this isn't about feeling shameful about who we are. Part of what's hard to understand is because this is written in a different language and it's translated, and the translators have biases. They really do. We don't like to believe that, but they do. And so, first of all, our body, us, we, plural, we, the Christian community. This is not talking about any individual and their humiliated state. And the word that's translated as humiliated, typenosis, it just means, it means low estate. And so it's the same exact word that Mary, the mother, mother of Jesus, uses in the Magnificat. When she writes in Luke, when she says in her prayer in Luke 1, and 48, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This is not her feeling terrible about herself. This is not her feeling shameful. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the typenosis, the low estate, the humiliation, the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. What this means, you guys, this is not feeling shameful. This is that God will raise us up at the right time to bless the world, just like he did Mary. The Christian community when it is humble and faithful to the calling that she has received. That, and, and in the lowly estate, in the lowly place, not shameful, just in the non-seemingly influential place. Like if the church was, had an Instagram account, 
it would not be a huge influencer in culture in that way. Just a few followers. Because we don't care about that kind of influence. We care about face-to-face, eye-to-eye, soul-to-soul, person-to-person, one-person-at-a-time influence. God looks on you with favor, just like God looked on Mary. God looks at you with favor, just like God looked on Mary with favor. And God invites you to carry a gift within you, just like he did Mary. Will you carry the gift that I will implant within you, that I've already implanted within you? Will you carry that gift with humility? Rather than demanding that you have a different gift? Anyone, anyone been there ever like, if I just had a different gift, <laughs> then I could feel meaningful. You've been given a gift implanted by God through the Spirit. It's yours to carry, and you'll be raised up at the right time, and it'll be to bless the world. And how you'll know is that you will feel the love and favor of God in that small act of carrying and giving. And even in the quietness of it, you know, no one may ever find out or know. So the Christian community that is faithful to Christ is rooted in a space and a time. The Christian community that is uh, faithful to the cause of Christ needs mentors who live and behave according to the way of Jesus, needs to follow and learn from those, and they are marked by humility and transformed by love as they carry their gifts to the world. Genesis Church, will you be that kind of place in this next chapter? That's the question, that is. And that's the question for the church, Big C. That's the question. Amen. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if you have, have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.